remember I had lasagna. How do you want that cooked? Not too cooked for bloody as hell. You want me to hold the chicken? I want you to hold it between your knees. And to drink. Ta-da. Peru. This is Bill. He's been a waiter for three years since he left Penn State. He had to get work. He likes the town. He paints toy soldiers and he's getting it. Give us a bottle of your fine champagne. Hey everyone, it's Matt Knutson and welcome to the Grabbing Lunch Podcast. This is Grabbing Lunch, episode 23. This is my lunch with Chris Garcia and Nato Green at Rutz Cafe. I uh, I love both these guys, and I love Rutz Cafe. So it was a perfect marriage to introduce uh, Chris and Nato to uh, my favorite Hawaiian open-faced omelet over sticky rice restaurant. Uh, we're going to get into the episode really soon. A lot of fun stories in this one. But real quick, before we jump off, I've got a release date for my album, American. It's actually going to be coming out on Tuesday, April 29th, 2014. Uh, April 29th, 2014. My album, American, will be released by the good people at Rooftop Comedy. You can uh, learn more about Rooftop Comedy and get information on my album at rooftopcomedy.com. Or just go to my website, mattknutsen.com. It's M-A-T-T-K-N-U-D-S-E-N.com for more information about American. There's some uh, links to pre-sale information on there as well as um, my Twitter handle, at mattknutsen, my Facebook page, my YouTube channel. It's all there, mattknutsen.com. Okay, with that shameless huckstering aside, my guest... First guest for lunch today, uh, Chris Garcia. Chris is a phenomenal comedian, and you recently heard him on one of my favorite radio shows slash podcasts, This American Life with Ira Glass. Chris had a great story. It's the seven things you're not supposed to talk about. Uh, if That's the episode that he was on. It was touching and brilliant and hilarious. So, Chris Garcia, uh, you can find out more about him. Uh, you can see comedy videos and his tour dates. It's Chris Garcia Comedy. C-H-R-I-S-G-A-R-C-I-A comedy.com. Chris Garcia Comedy. And to make it easy on your ears uh, so you can figure out who's who, Chris Garcia sounds like this. But I started easy with this kid that was really awesome, very sweet, very artistic, talented, probably 10. He, uh, he would draw pictures of me and robots, and the only things he could write were uh, his name, my name, and then the words, Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. (laughs) (laughs) That is just, it's such a great story. You guys have to hear it. Uh, But spoiler alert, it ends with Chris crying in his car. Okay, my next guest is Nato Green. Uh, his new CD, The Nato Green Party, is available now. It's at natogreen.com. He was also a writer for Totally Biased with W. Kamau Bell. You've also seen him on Huffington Post and uh, Wired and a bunch of other fantastic uh, blogs out there. So, uh, Nato Green, N-A-T-O-G-R-E-E-N.com, natogreen.com, and... NATO sounds like this. And suddenly something hit me in the face, and someone had 
thrown a cookie from the back of the room. <laughs> and it was like, it turned out to be a bunch of crackheads and they were like, ah, oh, there's a white guy at the door, throw a cookie, you know, like, what have we got to defend ourselves? The cookies. <laughs> Just one of the many dangers of going door to door. Uh, <laughs> it is a Grabbing Lunch podcast, everybody. You can go to grabbinglunch.com to see pictures of my guests, a link to conversation topics, or even make a donation to the show. And a portion of every donation goes to support the LA Food Bank here in Los Angeles. That's all at grabbinglunch.com. Also, give the show a follow on SoundCloud. We're about to approach 600,000 followers on SoundCloud. So thank you so much for the support also we're on itunes so don't forget to subscribe leave a five-star rating and write a nice review hey that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world and also add us to our add us add the show to your playlist on stitcher radio stitcher radio it's grabbinglunch.com it's a grabbing lunch podcast with all that out of the way here is my lunch with chris garcia and nato green at ruts cafe in west l.a Let's eat. Uh, I've had a cup of coffee in a while. I'll do a coffee too. Thanks so much. I'm not going to believe this. I, the craziest, the worst place I've ever worked and the craziest experience of my whole life yeah. happened across the street. Really? At the hospital? I know, at the uh, school for kids with autism. Wow. Wow. Did you know where you were coming when you came this morning? I didn't. I was like, oh, I remember I used to work at, on Washington at the... Yeah. And then you like have PTSD flashbacks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the moment I, the second I decided to... San Francisco and become a stand-up happened across the street. Wow. <laughs> well, just promise me you're not going to go into any more detail on the story. I love it. It's the worst. Anyway, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, what happened? What was what happened? Um, so I I had just graduated from college and I went to Europe for a long time right. and um, was out of money. So you did the backpacking thing. The backpacking for six course. months. Oh wow, nice. I moved in with my. Um, my parents and I was looking for work and I worked as a teacher and all this stuff. I think that's called boomerang, <laughs> yeah. right? There's a term for that. Yeah, a, yeah the boomerang. Um, and so I worked across the street, this great school for kids with autism, and um, uh, are we recording that? Good. Oh, it is really Yeah, awesome. I, I turned it on before NATO came. Oh, yeah. awesome. Uh, don't say, what, whatever story it is, don't save it, buddy. <laughs> let her in. Yeah, let her in. Uh, so I worked across the street, and then I taught Salvadorian immigrants like 20 hours. I worked 60 hours a week, and I was like, I just want to get out of the house, and I need money sure. to move one day. And so I worked as a teacher day, a teacher's aide across the street, and... Um, I've never. I was like, you know, my dad's a teacher, my sister. Yeah. Sure, it's, it's a family business. It's a family business. Sure. I could work with kids. I work with kids that had several types of. Different. Yeah, teaching is a family business for me. My mom is like a resource specialist. My brother's a teacher. He's actually teaching in Saudi Arabia right now. So it's a. Yeah, so you it. figure oh, it's in it. your blood. Sure, You're like, sure. yeah, I can do this. Me too. Also, family yeah. business. Yeah. Nice, nice. It's important. You know, you got to like shape young minds, etc., etc. Et but it was um. But I started easy with this kid that was really awesome, very sweet, very artistic, talented, probably 10. He, uh, he would draw pictures of me and robots, and the only things he could write were uh, his name, 
my name and then the words Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. <laughs> and so he would go, Chris, Chris, Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. And he'd get really excited and he'd point at me, he'd point at the robot and then just, wow. And there were great pictures, and you know, he was a really fun kid. Plus, you had the option to believe it or not. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was a kid, even the kid, he was really focused. Right? I don't believe that you did this. Did you thank do you, this? Thank you. It's up to you. <laughs> you tell us. We're putting it on you. I wonder what the reference base where he drew that from to be. I mean, did he go to that in Hollywood a lot, or? I think he must have really gone there a lot with his parents or something, or had some sort of fond memory of sure. it. But well, once you you know you, you buy a day, and then you get the year for free. You get the <laughs> season pass. Yeah. Wow. And uh, he was sweet, and I, I worked with some other kids, um, and that was challenging. But fi- I worked my way up, and I was like, finally, I'm like, I'm gonna work with the toughest kid. I just want to, I think it'll be interesting, it'll be a challenge. You make it sound like Mike Tyson's punch out. (laughs) I started with Glass Joe. (laughs) When I got to the hippo, I had to throw in the towel. (laughs) I used a couple cheat codes. (laughs) Tickled him in the stomach and punched him in the mouth. (laughs) When working with children, I think it's important. I have the cheat code, so you can punch him in the mouth. <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. Um, so you, you slowly gain confidence. You're like, okay, yeah. Got this. I beat a couple levels, won a couple titles. Yeah. And finally, this little boy, he's like nine and super sweet, but he was, he had oppositional defiance disorder, which is like, he's just a big, he's like kind of a jerk. You know? Wow. Um, uh, wait, do I have that? Yes. <laughs> it's on the spectrum for sure. Right. So when anyone calls you a jerk, NATO, he's just like, no, 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 uh, no, no, for the record. I'm in the DSM. <laughs> I have ODE. Right. Oh my god. That's hilarious. Um, uh, so this kid would, you know, we'd put him, I'd have to take him in a different room sometimes in like a padded room to make sure he was like not violent and stuff sure. like that. And you're not a, you know, you're not a big guy. I'm a big guy. Average size guy. Scrappy. Sure, sure. sure. I mean, you can fuck a motherfucker up if you have to. I can fuck a motherfucker up. (laughs) You have the will to live. I see it in your eyes. Yeah. Nine-year-old, I'm pretty sure I could take him. Mm. But uh, I would play chess with him, you know? I'm pretty good at chess, and I grew up playing chess and stuff like that. And this nine-year-old boy would just, like, sit across from me, and he would, like, capture my players, whatever, and he would, like, flick them over with his hand and just stare me in the eye and go, bitch. <laughs> and I go, I go, uh, I'll call him Bobby. Bobby, all their end names end in Y. I'll call him Bobby because that was his real name. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, I'm not pretending in any way. This is, it was Bobby. <laughs> he called me a bitch. That's what he gets. <laughs> that's what he gets. It was Bobby. Um... <laughs> But you flick over and I say, can you choose a different word? Like a teacher would say, you know? And you go, back it. <laughs> like, wow. This nine-year-old Can kid. you go back to the original <laughs> word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll play it back. Can you just call me a bitch? Was okay. he like auditioning for like a DMX prison movie? <laughs> it just seemed like I can't it. believe that. He was this cute little kid and he just like stared me deep in the eye and just flick over my pieces and then he would take my pieces and just like chuck them across the room and cross his arms and just stare at me like what? Was he playing the actual game chess? He was really he good. Was, he was really good. Oh, wow. it, was, it was infuriating and then uh, <laughs> one day I knew I started to crack. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we might need one minute. Yeah, thanks, thanks. 
I always know what I'm going to get here. It's like, I've been, this is like my got? first neighborhood I moved to LA. This was, uh, you I would come here every day. The Hawaiian Royale with the English muffin. Yeah. What's that? Where's oh. that? Yeah. Oh, if you like, like, it's like an open faced omelet over sticky rice. It's pretty amazing. So you started to crack. Started to crack. Um, we're was, it, like, was it the bitch or the faggot? Or the flicky? The arms crossed. It was all of it. <laughs> The potpourri of anxiety. As a grown man, I just I can't go to Berkeley for this. Oh, <laughs> no. And obviously, too, just coming back from Europe for yeah, six months. Yeah, just like, like being up the, the opposite of what could have happened. Hi, I'm reality. Have we met? <laughs> <laughs> what about my dreams? <laughs> Fuck your dreams. Fuck your dreams. <laughs> All I wanted to do was stand up, but I didn't want to do it here. I just wanted to move back to the bay and do it up there. And. I was p- getting paid minimum wage to get like I bite me and slap me and all this stuff. Wow. Sometimes I was starting to crack like out on the playground and I wasn't around. I would just like throw sand in his face from far away. <laughs> <laughs> I kicked a whole bunch of dirt. Who's the bitch um, now? Who's the bitch now? Bobby. And uh, one day, it was like towards the end of the semester, it was my birthday. And so I brought in my guitar. And they brought in a bunch of cupcakes for me, and we had at lunch. And, and all of this was across the street. It's across amazing, the street. amazing. And I decided I'm gonna sing "You Got a Friend," which is like such a sweet, nice song. Like the t- teachers teared up. I was kind of teared up. But like kids, kids were singing along, and it's this kids with special needs singing along. And this song, it was like it felt like we are. It's like a Hall- Hallmark movie. Yeah. Right. And then I put my. Um, put my guitar down, we eat our cupcakes, and the same kid, Bobby, gets, um, he sees that there's, like, someone's cleaning up and using Simple Green to, like, spray on the tabletops yeah. and stuff like that, and he just gets this Simple Green and walks right up to me and point blank shoots me in the eye with the Simple Green, and I just, like, ah, I start screaming and cover my eyes. He picks up my guitar and hits me in the face with, and swings up like a bat at my face. Wow. And then uh, wow. I get this huge bump on my head, and then I spend lunch in uh, that parking lot uh, crying. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wrote my uh, letter. I wrote a letter of resignation. Whoa. I got a wedding after I'm like leaving in two weeks. Wow. And then two weeks after that, I moved to San Francisco to start comedy. I was like, that's it. That's I it. I can't do this. Right. And yeah. then two months after that, we met. Yeah, and then two months after that, Is this your first time you're hearing the story? Yeah. Amazing. Uh, I was like, okay. The, the, so, thanks, Bobby. It's really yes, the yes. First of all, on behalf of the, the comedy community. For giving me the kick in the pants that I needed. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. Uh, yeah, fortunately, I got into comedy without ever being hit in the head. I didn't have any cleaning solutions sprayed in my eyes. Not once. I just kind of like started at open mics. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. I, um, <laughs> it's like, I need, I, I got my taste of stage time. I was like, I need a little more of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I, oh, okay. Um, is, is there a way that I could be shouting at homeless people in a laundromat <laughs> to sort of recapture some of this feeling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if so, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Did I, did I ever tell you the story about how... Uh, I was I was doing working on some election, and you know like I, I, I do some work on on almost every election where I'll like go knock on doors and talk to voters. Would you consider yourself a community organizer? Because uh, <laughs> that I, 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 yeah, there's a, isn't the, the commander in chief is pretty well known community organizer. Uh, y- yeah, I mean I would 
uh, I would say that I'm an activist. Activist. Um, Let's go, man. Uh, and so I was knocking on doors, doing Get Out the Vote, and I was in Hunters Point, which is the ghetto in San Francisco, and I was like doing, turning out, you know, because it's like you can, if, if you can turn out poor black people to vote, you can win stuff, but they don't, they don't vote, right? right. The turnout's really low. So I was like going on, around knocking on doors and going through projects, and I, and I knocked on the door, and like it opened, and I just saw like like shadows inside, like there was no one there, the door just opened, and there were like people moving inside, and I couldn't really see, and suddenly something hit me in the face, and someone had thrown a cookie from the back of the room, <laughs> and it was like, it turned out to be a bunch of crackheads, and they were like, ah, oh, there's a white guy at the door, throw a cookie, you know, like, what have we got to defend ourselves? The cookies. <laughs> He looks hungry. And I was just like, oh man, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> I wanna eat this so bad, but this, I can't let this moment pass. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. When I, were, I did uh, community outreach and I did uh, street theater and like uh, tobacco education when I worked in Berkeley, I worked at this public science center mm -hmm. and we did. Um, Tobacco education. Tobacco was it education. like a no smoking campaign? No smoking, and yeah. there's this thing that on a whim we were in this meeting. They're like, we need to we need to get a, a grant. There's this tobacco right. education grant, and just I was just kind of like hungover, and I was like, how about we do this thing called Tarnival, which is like <laughs> an interactive carnival where no, kids first get to of, play. I mean, just the play on words alone yeah. is worth the Free event. Twitter, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you wasted it, isn't it? And, and someone said, you should tweet that. Come back in eight years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we got a $600,000 grant to make this Whoa. interactive carnival. It's <laughs> not this wild idea. Wow. So a part of it, That's I would dress up in a, like a chef and show kids and go to inner city kids and show them how to make it like how cigarettes were built and like, you know, they have arsenic and all these poisonous things. Sure. And I made a character named Tartha Stewart. So dumb. <laughs> and so I was like, kind of like, I'm ready. <laughs> so, so dumb. And I would go to like a rough school and we'd give out swag and then I'd do this huge presentation with like a Madonna mic on my oh, face. Oh, great. And then inner city kids would throw frisbees Set my face. <laughs> <laughs> Did you provide the frisbees to We provided I brought boxes and boxes of these frisbees that kids would throw at my face and I'd have to duck and explain what was it? Nothing worse than getting peppered with your own swag. <laughs> Stop it, kids. So did it work? <laughs> Oh, I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe it was a good. Are, are there are there all these kids in East Bay who are like I was thinking about smoking until I saw Tartha Stewart. Until <laughs> <laughs> Tartha Stewart blew my mind right open. Mind. I learned about menthol cigarettes were especially targeted to my community. And I was like, no thanks, man. No, I'm gonna pass. Yeah. I played frisbee golf instead. Yeah, yeah. I have quite an affinity for it. I hit that guy's head from about thirty yards. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. It just started a new generation of. <laughs> Yeah, I would always come to this place because my first LA apartment was like literally like three blocks away from here. So my brother and I, when I first moved to LA, we shared a place. It was like two bedroom, two bathroom. It was like eight fifty a month. So I was like, as long as I can come up with $110 a week, I can live in Los Angeles and you know, so this is um, not the not the best neighborhood in town. But um Where did I'm you grow sure up? happy for it. Uh, well, I was born in Hawaii, and I kind of grew up in the Midwest. My family moved to California from North Dakota, but um, I was kind of around uh, in different areas for a while. But uh, I moved to L.A. like 15 years ago, yes. 
did not volunteer at a school. <laughs> I did not get, did not go knocking on doors and have a cookie thrown in my face. So at that point, you had already served your country. It's <laughs> true. You just served my own done. way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was a merchant marine for about five years after high school, but it was never an official military job. I mean, I did some some jobs. Freelance. In, uh, some freelance. Yeah. It's like in support of the military, it was, it was, you could do stuff. It was part of the sharing economy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lift. It was like a lift thing. <laughs> if you can, if you not too much trouble. Yeah, but uh, did you ever see Captain Phillips? Yeah. That's Merchant Marines. That's right. like, that, I, I even worked on uh, a shipping company in Sealand. I watched my screener because I'm in the Writers Guild. Hello, hello. Yeah. Oh, dude. Screeners. Nothing better than a screener. So I, last night. <laughs> Who uh, you for real movies? You're like, yeah. I'm just going to make, you know. Yeah, are you going to go see it? I'm going to wait for the screener. Um, so last night I saw Rusty. Um, Oh, so this guy who started in open mics with us. Oh, who, I thought I thought that was like a movie. The, who who oh, was yeah. that? So yeah. the, Rusty Mahakian started started in open mics with us, and now is like a like a manager on the docks of the port of Long Beach. Wow! And so he just has these crazy ass stories about about stevedores and whatnot, and what goes on the play. Oh yeah, you know? I bet. And so I was like, so Kevin Phillips, what's the deal? And he was like, that guy was a cunt. You know? Really? <laughs> Why? He was like, he was told not to sail too close to the coast because of pirates, and he fucking did it anyway. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah, I was on. I, I sailed those same areas, and uh, I was there was actually something called a pirate squad where like they had a handful of people that like were trained to use weapons, but there's no military people on the ship. So I went to like Fort Dix and like did some weapons training. So I was like taking apart AK-47s and shotguns and stuff like that. And then if you ever needed to, they like had like four guns in the captain's office. You're like, okay, you know, I, I don't know if I'm ready to take a bullet for, you know, for the ship, for this like container full of film. It's like, it's just to take whatever you want. I'm, I'm fine. But yeah, that was a... Uh, I wouldn't try and put up a fight for anything. You, you know what I mean? It's like a life, or you know, let you take whatever cash I have in the in the safe. Have you ever seen like? Have you ever worked like a like a crummy fast food job? Like a like no, a I've because, thought about doing it. Just some of those some of those places have like a no heroics policy, mm -hmm. where if someone like sticks up the jack in the box that you work at, mm -hmm. and you and you try to stop them, you can get fired. Wow. I just read that last what? month. There was because, a guy because they don't like they don't want the liability of you getting uh, shot. Yeah, there was a story. A guy tried to uh, foil a robbery at Wendy's and got like stabbed in the face, and he was given like accommodation by the city, like the like the mayor gave him like yeah, this is a hero, and it's just like and you get stabbed in the face. It's like, I don't know if I'm going to get stabbed in the face to, you For know. Wendy's. Yeah, to save the Baconator. Yeah. <laughs> no! I think I wrote something down to the effect of like, I worked at a fast food job and someone tried to rob the place. They wouldn't call me a hero, they would call me an accomplice. It's like, I know right where they keep the money. You guys sit right in the back. They give me the combination. I'm the assistant manager. Take me to prison. Get me out of here. You want me to kick the manager's ass? I'll do it. Dale made me work a double last weekend. Out of here. Fuck that guy. Dale's a cunt. Wow. Yeah, I bet those stevedores have a bunch of 
great stories. We used to sail to like um, Pusan, South Korea, and they they're like trade union. The the stevedores there they didn't update their union code since they had automatic cranes and stuff. They still had the same size crews as stick ships when they needed it. Like there was like twelve guys per crane running the lines and everything, but they were all automated. And now it took like like 10 people to do the whole job, but they still hired like 120. So like 10 people worked and 110 just laid out on mats on the deck and waited for the job to be over. They, they like, Dude, the union had it all tied the best hustle of all time. <laughs> <laughs> like, some, some people are like, what, that is so not modern and forward thinking. And I'm like, that is a great fucking, why didn't I think of that? Because I, cause I, I, I was in, I was a member of the West Coast Longshoremen's Union. Mm. And, uh, I had no idea. And, and, you know, and so I was like, like I, they were, they did the, I didn't, not because I worked on the docks, they right. had other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was in the building when, at, at the union headquarters, when John Ashcroft, uh, in 2001, did the injunction to, to stop the, there was the port lockout yeah I remember that um, on the west coast and they and they used the Patriot Act I mean they used the not the Patriot Act they used an injunction to force the ships to move again and anyway so like there's this whole history of mechanization where they made this deal basically that, that there would be fewer jobs but the people who had those jobs would be set for life right. you know um and I was like, why didn't they think of this whole mat system? <laughs> you know, it's just like you get people to lay on the deck. That seems that seems like it might be good. Ugh. You know, I think they just like rotated who did the who did the work. Sure. And like the next ship that comes in, like you know, Wing Pang, you, you lay on the mat. I'll, I'll cover this one. But yeah, they they did not give up their. I don't know the size of their crew. They didn't even. I don't know. That's kind of badass. That is, that is kind of bad. So, but you you just worked on the ship. You had no loading or unloading. No, uh-huh. I was just a, I was you know the guys who were on the gangway when it comes into port. I would I would be that guy if it's on your watch. But I was in the deck department. I was an able-bodied seaman. You know, able-bodied seaman. <laughs> <laughs> How's your seaman? Oh, it's able-bodied. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I call him Merchant Marine instead of, you know, Merchant Seaman. This is a little Seaman. It's just giving on such a negative. Yeah, come on. We can change it. This also, this also has, like, Seaman tasting notes for the blind spectator. Let it breathe. You really got to aerate your Seaman. Uh, so, uh, and so the, the on the West Coast, yes. like, there was this story about the merchant, you know, that like there was there's like like these blue collar intellectuals, yes, because the merchant marines had time on their hands, so there'd be these like communist, you know, seamen who would be like, mm. you know, bringing you know libraries onto the ships and, mm. and doing book clubs and stuff. I believe and so, that. And so it's always like, you know, guys who you know had just had tons of time on the ship to study the matters of the world, mm-hmm. but you know, we're just working dock workers. Yeah, I would like, that's where I pretty much learned how to play guitar. I mean, I, when I wasn't working, I'd just like sit in my room or, or read or, you know, I remember before I even performed, I would write jokes in my little, like I had a notebook Whoa. and would like write things and, you know, someday. But I was like 19, 20, I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me and Kerouac. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, when you're working, you work all the time. Um, I would probably work. 12, 14, 16 hours a day. Because you stand your watches, and it's like, you stand four hour watches, there's uh, there's three watches in the in the system, 12 to four, four to eight, and eight to 12. 
but you only stay on those watches two hours, uh, two times a day. So if you're on the 12 to 4, you work from midnight to 4 a.m. and noon to 4, and then the rest of the time you're working overtime. And then when you pull, in, <clears throat> when you pull into port, you have to be there for manning the lines and all that stuff. So even if it's not on your watch, if you're on the 12 to 4 and you arrive at 6 a.m., if you've slept for 45 minutes, you got to get up because and, and, there's no other people to help. And did you, like, you know, get syphilis from a I got, prostitute in Laos? No, but I gave it to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> syphilis. No, the people go out and they whoop it up. That's for sure. And I mean, especially, too, because you're on, like, a ship for, like, 10, 12, 14 days. And, guys, we just go off and... I was more the guy that would bring a bike on most ships that I went on and like take it down the gangway and like, you know, pedal around. I didn't really do too many brothels, you know, but those are guys that definitely, like career sailors, guys that just knew all the ports and like, well, I know it. Yeah, oh, they charge too much at this one, I gotta go like this one. Like, uh, okay, yeah. There was a guy who used to work with me, Ray, who was such an alcoholic he would go to the gay bars because beers were 25 cents cheaper. So it's just like, oh, it's, yeah, you're gonna drink so much that saving 25 cents per beer is, oh, okay. That it's, sounds it's, like a good cover story for being yeah. gay. And <laughs> <laughs> you save a whole lot, 25 cents. <laughs> I saved a dollar 75 tonight. I'm not gay. <laughs> Sure, I made love to a couple guys. <laughs> Listen, the savings were totally worth it. Oh, that's hilarious. I hadn't even thought about that. He was a guy, the kind of guy, like, we'd go out drinking and people would send him shots. And then he'd, like, he liked doing them. And, and he realized they were a bad idea at the time. So he'd try to, like, like shake him off. Like, shake his face like he's, you know, like, coming out of, like, some kind of, like, coma. Shake it off, right? <laughs> oh. Ah, poor guy. Yeah, we were in Mombasa, Kenya. He's dead he, now. <laughs> there, I, in my in my mind, he's been dead for years. But he is the only person I ever know that that uh, robbed a hooker. He like he took a girl like back to his hotel room and, and like when she was, he's like, yeah, get in the shower first. And she got in the shower and he took. Sure. Um, yeah, and I think we're ready to order too. So he uh, he said, yeah, before we do anything, uh, just take a shower. So she she got in the shower. And then he uh, took her purse and jumped out of the window. Right away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted the purse. Yeah. <laughs> Gay Ray goes down. <laughs> goes a long way. Oh, well, why would Ray want a purse? I mean, yeah. Why would he want one? Thanks. Yeah, Girl, remember. you need a shower. <laughs> I don't want to have sex with this woman. I just want her purse. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And my friend, like, Willie asked him, like, well, how, how'd you do, Ray? He's like, he said, well, I got my money back and all the cigarettes. <laughs> all of the cigarettes. That was his big coup, you know. He didn't have to buy a pack of cigarettes because he stole them from a prostitute. <laughs> so you're taking off tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, 12.30 megabus back. Nice. Oh, and people, and some people are like, oh man, the, you know, the, the plane ticket is so cheap and it's a quick flight. I just feel like for me as a dad, to mm -hmm. be able to have seven hours where no one is talking to me, <laughs> is like so exciting. <laughs> Plus it's a mega bus. Yeah. You know, you're not just taking the bus. It's right. the mega bus. No, it's, you 
know, I've driven up there 101 times, if not more. Yeah, like I would, you know, I would rather take the mega bus and drive, just like veg out and yeah. I got some. Uh, on the way down, because I'm me, I wrote a 50 page. I read a 50 page report from the San Francisco Controller's Office about Obamacare. Wow, and that's what you work on on the mega bus. That's what I work on. <laughs> just, just figure that out. <laughs> <They're very different. laughs> Chris just worked on who's probably crazy. There's just an own reflection in the window. It is me. Last time I was on the mega bus, I had a pot brownie that was there was too much. It was wow. a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. it started melting. And so I just decided to eat the whole thing instead of just not eat the whole thing. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> like in a rush, I just scampered and rubbed it against my tongue. And, and he wrote a 50-page report. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about unicorns. <laughs> it didn't make sense yeah, at all. Like, what the hell? I ended up in this homeless person hospital <laughs> for 18 years. I sat there for 18 years. And it was not pretty. Not the best. So you just decided to eat the whole thing? I ate the whole thing, and then uh, we we stopped halfway up there, and the guy who was sitting right next to me didn't come back. And the bus started taking off, and I was like nervously searching for him. And suddenly you're like chaperone. (laughs) (laughs) And I saw him come out of the McDonald's from like down the block, and he like started running. My tattered possessions! And I just went, the dude! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and I fell down the stairs, the weird little rickety stairs, oh, and I was yeah. like, hey, there's a guy! We forgot the guy! Did that work? It worked. Did he stop? But I freaked out so many Chinese people. <laughs> All the Chinese people were scared for their lives. <laughs> and he came on, and yeah. Do you think he would have done the same for you? I don't know. The dude! The dude! Uh, my, the, I, I remember it was, I, it was like, it was like all Chinese people and then like girls with a lot of facial piercings, like a lot of bonus facial oh, yeah. piercings. Oh yeah. Who were on the bus because they couldn't get through the metal detector yeah, at the airport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to have to put my face on the, on the thing to go through. Yeah. That's hilarious. I was, and I was wearing sunglasses inside. You were wearing sunglasses? Oh yeah. Oh, I need sure. to wear one of these orange sunglasses. That's <laughs> <laughs> not going to tip people off. That's one of my favorite like Kyle Canaan jokes. He's like talking about women with like their lip pierced. He's oh, like yeah. he's like women with their lip pierced is kind of like saying, "Hey, guess what else I'm wrong about?" <laughs> <laughs> That's a big commitment. Uh, yeah. Your eyebrow, your lip. It's especially sad when you see someone like I'm 44. Gigi with the whole you know and the face. Right. Do you remember? I feel like like it. What was her name? Jane Child. No, Remember her? No. Okay. She was like a pop singer when we were in high school who like who had the the, 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 the nose ring to earring chain. Oh, Remember sure. that move? It's like the chain wallet, but for your face. Was it Jane Child? No, it was something else. But it was Jane something. But she had to connect. Am I thinking of Julia Child? You're thinking of Julia Child. Hello, Today. Wow. So she she had the chain, the, the nose, the ear, and I was like, that's enough. Okay, yeah. we've, we've gone too far. What gets me is the, the like the big discs in the ear, and it makes me sound so old to say it, but just like, you know, when you get older, you're gonna, you know, because you see people when they take it out, it looks like udders on a cow. <laughs> yeah. They're just kind of like dangling. Hey, bro. It's like, people do reconstructive surgery to to fix really? that. Yeah. 
And especially if they're like like the big like coaster sized discs, it's a big commitment. And I I just feel like I couldn't get over this big like the um, like I'm too anxious to be able to commit to anything for like you know like ten. I don't have that on my body forever. How did you make that decision? Uh, make the decision to what? Tattoo? Have a tattoo. Have a tattoo. Or had you just eaten a whole pot brownie? <laughs> it's a picture of myself wearing orange glasses on my chest. It's, uh, it's kind of still, well, it was young. <laughs> and sure, that helps. I think before it just started really popping off. You just right. got back from the nom. I just got back, I just got back from, from the nom. nom. I got baby killer tattooed on my <laughs> yeah. neck. Right here. Love it or leave it, Tommy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What is a tattoo? It's a. I don't know if you can see it. It's a uh, a tattoo of a Picasso sketch of a like a picador that he did, and it was it's right here, Mm -hmm. and now it's surrounded in hair. Sure, (laughs) that will happen too. It's in the brown bushes somewhere. (laughs) He's just in some chaparral. They have a bullfight on the five somewhere. <laughs> Near Santa Barbara, that's where the bullfights happen. But uh, yeah. <laughs> it looks really silly now. These and days. I shaved around it once. It just looks really stupid. And then the hair grew back thicker. I love. I, I, it's it's like a three-dimensional tattoo. <laughs> yeah, it's a new thing. Uh, but I think I was really like, oh, and I, was, you know, being like an artist, I think it was like an artsy kid. Of course. And Picasso was so anti. War and and and, uh, and uh, my Spanish heritage and my great my grandparents being from Spain it just seemed like a real like yeah foot war but in this, the, in a, <laughs> the Picasso sketch you know what I'm gonna get the pizza <laughs> yeah. <Whoa. laughs> yeah right and also like I mean it, like once you're on that road like. Yeah. That you went to the to the Picador and not Guernica. <laughs> yeah, like, that would be the go-to move. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Did you go to? Thank you very much. Here you go. Thank you. That uh, in the south Thank of France, there was that castle that Picasso stayed in, and they like let him stay for free if the guy just if he gave him some free art, and they turned the whole castle into. A Picasso museum with art that they that, they, that Picasso gave him while he stayed there. Oh wow! I think it was like amazing. in Nice or something. Or just walked on my backpacking sojourn. Because when I, like when I would get off a ship, I would go backpacking for like a couple of few months and then get another job. So I did like Europe for like three months. Oh, that's so awesome! But fuck war, yeah, man. Fuck war, yeah. I uh, I went to the Picasso. Museum in Barcelona. Wow, I love that. Um, <laughs> it's my favorite one. <laughs> of all the it's the only one I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was amazing. But the the, my, the most memorable thing to me about it is like I so I have this uh, pet peeve about uh, about wall art in museums or not wall wall text. Uh-huh. Like how they like I, I don't mind the art, but how they explain the art always seems overly pretentious to me. Yeah, interesting. And so. Like, you go through the things that Picasso is rightfully famous for, and then you get to the, the last exhibit, and he had a period where he was, like, painting fish on ceramic plates. Oh, and yeah. and I was like, can't they just let not everything Picasso did be a genius thing? Yeah. But they had to be like, 
no one had ever thought to paint fish on plates before. <laughs> you know? Except for every Japanese restaurant. <laughs> Having never been to a color me mine, yeah. everyone yeah. thinks to paint on plates. Uh. Yeah. That's the thing when you become like when you become anything, everyone wants to like we have a re-release of his, you know, two pops unmastered tracks. It's just like just it's okay to not Right. Everything Miles Davis was a genius. Maybe playing Cindy Lauper time after time through a plastic trumpet was not <laughs> the peak of his genius. <laughs> uh, yeah, so true. Trotting it out. This is delicious. Oh, good, good, good. Chris, this is, this is my second breakfast. Yeah. I, just had, I just had brunch with my aunt. Yeah. <laughs> what did you have with her? French toast. But I was like, you know, I already had plans, and then she had me in a place, and I was like, she'll be offended if I don't eat some food. So yeah. I'll this, just have some good old French toast. This is just as good, like, cold the next day. Maybe on a mega bus, uh, you know. We take it. Great. Because you know, if you go in to eat on the mega bus, they're not going to wait for you. They are going <laughs> to drive away, and maybe you won't have a Chris Garcia to, yeah. to yell out, dude, while super the high. Dude. <laughs> the dude! I like that that was enough to get him to apply the brakes. <laughs> what? Uh, so do you, do you use hot sauce on this stuff? If anything, I do a little soy sauce. Mm. Oh. Yeah. That's right. I think it's, uh, you know, flavor as needed. One time I was in Hawaii and I was ordering just some sort of plate at the local market. Mm-hmm. And this local, he was so cool, just like kind of pudgy dude, and his belly just hanging out, flip flops. His toes were as big as his belly, just like real like. Once you said cool, you didn't need to paint the picture anymore. <laughs> yeah. I totally got it. This old guy just goes, he goes, uh, what's he, what did he want? He went, uh, small guy, not too really, really. <laughs> it was just like a plate of rice, yeah. and then he goes, shoots. And the guy goes, shoots, and he goes, shoots. Small guy, not too really really. <laughs> so badass. Or just a knowing look. Oh. Alright, yeah, yeah. I got you. This guy knows. And what did that order procure him? I have no idea. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> it was just French toast. Locals only, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not too really really. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that means eggs benedict. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, last night I went to Medieval Times. No way. Dinner and tournament. Yeah, dinner and tournament. That's what it says on the on the menu. First time? Okay. I went like I'd never even heard of ago. it until two months ago. We don't have it in Montreal. All right. Now they have. I think they have like maybe like six or seven. But it's just the whole like really is the jousting and the, and the sword fighting and and the whole meal is like you, they don't have any utensils. You just like they give you half a chicken and you eat it with your hands and you know rib and stuff. So. We were uh, in support have, of the Yellow Knight. He didn't. He didn't win. And they have wenches serving you mead. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And big steins of beer. You know, for twenty-two dollars. And who do you go with? My mother turned seventy. Actually, her birthday is tomorrow. So that was our big, uh, you know, our big family to do. My whole family is. Uh, well, not my whole family, but. They live in, ca- in Southern California. They're Vikings? They're, vi- they're Vikings, yes. So it was hard. We were celebrating our own culture. <laughs> we created our own section. We're not following the Yellow Knight, right? So we, yeah. yeah, we had a we had a horse in a race. Um, but, you know, it was, it was fun. It was, you know. Also, too, when you go to, at least for me, when you go to something with the family and you know it's going to be like 
family friendly and there's not going to be a moment where you're like, ugh, you know, yeah. that, that anxiety. So, and my mom had a good time, you know. Our night won, like, one of the challenges and, like, got roses from the princess and, like, threw one to my mom and she, like, caught it. Oh, and my awesome. wife bought her a little tiara, like a, a jewel-encrusted tiara, and she put that on. And, you know, oh, so, cool. yeah, it was really sweet. And, you know, I see my mom having a good time and always, you know, it's very heartwarming. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you go to that growing up? Hmm? Did you go to Medieval Times growing up? No, I never have never gone. But I went to the um, Magic Castle last weekend, which I had never been to. Nice. With Val, my girlfriend's parents were in town mm-hmm. from Iowa. Wow. And we took them and it was so... It was... Pretty great, huh? Pretty great. Really fun. On a lot of levels. Yeah. Really great. Really fun. But I pulled such a dad joke. I was planning for this for a week. It's so stupid. <laughs> the dad joke or just a the... A dad event? joke where we, great. we were waiting to see this magic show and slide a hand guy. Right before the show, I pull out my own deck of cards. They're <laughs> in my pocket, unopened, and I'm like, hold on, I gotta go talk to the guy. <laughs> and really, they're <laughs> so stupid. for yeah. such a little payoff, but I'm like, they're gonna get, they're gonna have to get used to this for years. <laughs> Me being an oh, idiot. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it was really, it was really fun. What'd you do with the deck of cards? Did you try to have like a sleight of hand battle with the? I was doing one when we were waiting for our seats. I was like. Just doing a bunch of. I just watched the Ricky J documentary on Netflix, and yeah. so I started the Ricky J documentary. Ricky J, you know, do tell. No, no, I don't know. That guy is so great. Amazing. He's one of the coolest people of all time. Wow. So cool. You know, he's one of those people that you know who he is, and then if you saw him, you're like, oh, it's that guy. Oh, he's in all of the David Mamet movies, mm-hmm. and, and plays this like just sort of like some weird little Jewy looking character. Mm-hmm. And, but then, are you thinking of Bob Balaban? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Ricky J. So, but he also like is a, like a you know card hustler and like study of the history of you know cool. like scams and hoaxes oh, yeah. and all that. Kind of cool. He narrates. Uh, he's a narrator of Magnolia, and he's in it. He has like a cameo in it. But he's. I think he's in other P.T. Anderson movies too. But oh. awesome. I'll look him up. Magician, but he does this trick where he just takes, his, he just throws the card, he boomerangs cards right back to him. And so I was doing that, but just throwing them all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> totally sober at 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> around my girlfriend's parents. Were you my home, were future you? in-laws. Now, how did that go? <laughs> it was fun. Were you yeah. calling people bitches when you threw the cards? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. The simple green. Oh, thank this. Pick a card, any card. Seven of clubs. <laughs> I feel like some of the most obnoxious Americans are the expats. Oh. Like I've run into Americans living in exile in Guatemala and Mexico, and they are intolerable. Yeah. Like, because they, it's like they, you know, they're not actually rich. Like they're not American rich. They just have enough money to be able to live rich in their world. Yeah. And and then use that to be horrendous assholes to all the locals. The worst. Uh, and those are our diplomats abroad. Yeah. You know. Just a bunch of like guys with ponytails. Like right. Wearing, do you have to have a ponytail? I think yeah. you do. Yeah. 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 That and Tiva sandals. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have those. And, and and you have to be good at. at Yelling at the at the at the, who are the locals. <laughs> you call everyone Paco. Uh, so crazy. In my lifetime, I was able to save seventy-eight thousand dollars. <laughs> so guess what, Paco? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I traveled like Central South America. It was like in between chips and stuff. And there's some people down there just, you know when you're like 54 and still partying, you know, like you can't use partying. You can't call doing cocaine and, and slamming beers in a party. It's not how it works. Yeah. I don't want to see. I don't want to retire into my like Hagar years. That sounds so depressing. Like, oh yeah, let's do this. Finally, yeah, I'm in the clear. Finally, I get a chance to continue doing the thing I've done for 60 years. Yeah, party. Plus, your heart can't take it anymore. You know, you see, you read like those musicians and stuff. They like he did coke for 30 years and then he quit. Then two years later, he had a heart attack, and it's just like, well, yeah, because it was, you know. His heart was fatigued. It was over it. Uh, I'm, I'm loving the beer. I am too. Yeah. I always had kind of a smallish beer. I know. You're going for the for the dignified elder. Yeah. Leaning into the gray hair. Like, uh, might as well diet or shave it. Like, no, lean into it. Lean into it. That's wisdom. It's experience. Mm. I kind of have like an extra, like a You actually kind of have this expat thing going. It's, it's really working for you. It's like half Ricky Ricardo, half Che. <laughs> half Che Ricardo. Yeah, Che Ricardo. His brother. <laughs> and half Michael Che. Michael Che. Yeah, we have a baby and something. Hmm. So I was disappointed when you had more fun than you. Oh. Oh, These are better friends. Does this happen to you where you hear like we over here friends are like something laughing and you and it's not that funny? And, and you know because like it, we as people who think about funny professionally, you're like that's it. You're just gonna give it up for that, right? Yeah. Buddy, making that dumb sound. <laughs> I think sometimes people. It becomes a contest about how much I can demonstrate I'm enjoying this. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. uh, like repeating and you know, oh, yeah. yelling and laughing. It's like, eh. yeah. But I, I know what you're saying. I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> you know, when you do a show and people carry you off on oh. their shoulders, like your victorious quarterback, you guys, that doesn't happen. It didn't and happen last night at the no, Westside Comedy Theater. And, uh, and I'm not used to looking like I'm enjoying this. <laughs> All the time. People think that I'm mad at the Like, people think that I'm mad or that I'm judging them when I like them. Like, I don't know how to communicate to people that I like that I like them, like, right. let alone. Outside of the sentence, I like you. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I usually feel like, like I need to say it explicitly. Like, right. I like you. I've always enjoyed our rapport. I think we have a good rapport. I never thought you didn't like me. Uh, and then again, that's my just youthful optimism. Everyone <laughs> likes me. Be it true or not. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I I sort of... It's, it, it is an open conversation in my family about whether, like, I'm just an asshole or I'm, only, or I'm actually on this autism spectrum. Because <laughs> there it's a, it's a conversation with everyone in your life. It's not just your Mostly it's behind your back. <laughs> <laughs> call, call my wife and brother. Uh, the, yeah, there are some things that I just don't know how to do, like that normal people do. Like, 
like I listen to people, but there's some way that people communicate that they're interested in what other people are saying mm-hmm. that I I don't know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yours is like. Uh, right. Like I'm trying to throw in some like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like nodding really helps and smiling and what else? No. <laughs> Someone passing on to the other side. That's here. I would recommend stop. You know, no longer look at your watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, not giving the wrap it up. Sign. <laughs> Give someone the light as they're talking. <laughs> in, in conversation. <laughs> Look, uh, I'm sorry. You're going to have to get bumped by someone. There's someone, a bigger someone. We have a drop in, and uh, you're getting bumped in this conversation. The drop down. Yeah. 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 I think everyone feels that way, though. I think they're, whether people talk about it or not, everyone wants to feel like they're like light and being listened to. I don't think that's unique to any. To any one person, it's the seams of the human relationship. Everyone wants to think that they're in high standing with everyone, and, you know. I'm kind of the you're opposite. Right? I'll sit through a 20 minute conversation and smile with someone you don't like. Yeah, and then yeah. I run into traffic after. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, "That's great!" Yeah. I'll hold it in. I need to meet halfway. You'll just do it until you have massive internal bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I feel like if 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 we were fused into some hybrid of the two of us, it would be Mm -hmm. a nice person. (laughs) (laughs) I I also feel like like if you not caring whether or not anybody else likes you is a form of power. Like because like I've met a few people like that who genuinely don't care whether people like them or approve of them, and they're fearless. and it's so like, it, it, like I, it makes me it makes me realize how much that is part of like social control in this world, like keeping keeping people in line of like just worrying about approval and avoiding conflict. And, right. Yeah. Right. So it happens on stage too. The comics that care the least are the, the most powerful on stage, you know, yeah. and usually the most fearless and do the best. Huh. Yeah. I'm always aware when there's a connection and when there's a disconnect when that's happening because when like I feel the room congealing and we're all on the same page, I have the most fun. When I feel like I'm trying to like reach out to quadrants of unentertained people, it's the worst. The, the yeah. second that happens, it's kind of gone. Mm-hmm. You feel like when you're like. Ugh. And then they feel it, and then that connection is like. And then you look down, and you're like, I got another 40 minutes. To go. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh no! <laughs> this, this is gonna hurt for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having fun. You're not having. There's no refunds. There will be no. Yeah. That's the worst. I was doing a show. This is like it was on the road like last year. There were people that were. Like they were, they showed up at the club like two hours before the show and were at the bar doing shots, and they were kind of in the back fringe area talking, never stopped talking. Maybe gave me about forty seconds of time and then never shut up, and nobody ever really stopped and talked to them. And then they went after the show and like talked to the manager. They wanted a refund or some tickets, and just like so. Your bad behavior leads to my bad feedback and a terrible experience for everyone. Doesn't Aurora uh, 
Colorado. I had gone to Denver to do the Grolic shows, which were awesome, and then cool. I got some other shows around. Oh, yeah. And I show up. Aurora's where the shooting was. That's where the shooting was. And then my I was closer at the time was like this 15-minute story about being at the theater fight breaking out. And I was like, oh, I can't talk about this. Maybe I can. We'll check it out. Yeah. So it's, it's like this biker hillbilly bar where everyone looked like Willie Nelson and Santa Claus at the same time. You know? Sure, yeah. And I was like kind of freaking out. I was like, they're not going to get it. I don't know. So I told the um, I told the host, and I was like, "This is very embarrassing, and but you need to do it. You need to tell everyone when you announce me that I just got back from performing from performing for the troops. You need to do this. I need two minutes of also clubs and college. Yeah, clubs, clubs and you. Please tell the host you've seen him everywhere. Right. So I get up there and like this guy just got back from Kuwait. He got back from Afghanistan. He did comedy in Iraq. We're talking Baghdad. And he just named all every city in the Middle East that he could. He was in Jalalabad. <laughs> he was in Islamabad. He was in Turkmenistan. <laughs> Any place that endears him to you, he was there. <laughs> Pretty much standing, wow. cheering for me, wow. and then within a minute, get the fuck out of here. No, but it ended up being pretty good and for me, okay. You're like, yeah, God, nope, nope, not this bearded, skinny jeans motherfucker. Oh, They're probably expecting some guy with like a high and tight haircut, like you were actually there actively serving and then perform stand up. And I just started naming all of the Colorado Rockies that I could think of. <laughs> Dante Bichette! And they're like, yeah! I was just saying athletes' names and they started cheering. You guys remember Alex English from the Nuggets? Hell yeah! Like, Alright, 45 minutes left. Wow. Uh, th those are sports teams? Yes. I thought you were naming like mountaintops. <laughs> you guys remember Alex Bouchette? Yeah! I climbed it last week! That's hilarious. I think that's a red flag. We just start like, I'm gonna abandon my act. In lieu of what? Saying local figures? Oh, oh, yeah. Mentioning things. It's gonna say stuff. So I was listening to KXRZ this morning. Yeah. I've heard of that. I just saw this guy sitting here right now. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I start naming things. I just start naming athletes, and then all of a sudden, I, like the owner comes by, and he, uh, and I was like, you look like you could be my cousin or something. This guy looked like a real Cuban guy. He looked like my uncle. He's like, oh, and I was like, where are you from? He's like, Cuba. <laughs> And then everyone was like, yeah, <laughs> And we started talking, and people were getting a kick out of it. And I was right. like, just like talking to him. And, uh, oh, thank and, God, and I have yeah. some sort of and traction. People were like, hey, sing La Bamba. And I'm like, what? And you have that joke about La Bamba. Oh, yeah, and then I was classic. like, how'd you guys know I did that? And he's like, no, he sings La Bamba at the end of every night. And so we sang La Bamba together. And brought down the house and then I did the rest of the joke right yeah. translated the English or oh, yeah. the bomba back on the bomba board but it was like oh, no, an act of God that this the, the one Cuban guy in this hillbilly town right and people thing. were into it you know <laughs> yeah not here yeah. so what you're saying is that you think they deserve to be shot <laughs> no 
but we can read between the lines, yeah. Chris. We know. We know. I just want to know. Well, I'm glad you guys like the food. Uh, it's so good. It is. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Did we find you on your websites or something? Or? Um, yeah, well, my website is chrisgarciacomedy.com. Chrisgarciacomedy.com. There's a lot of Chris Garcia. I've been there. there. If I'm not mistaken, there's an illustration of Chris Garcia. An illustration? Isn't there like a oh, yeah, yeah. Do, you have, yeah. do you have a demon durchin? Yeah, it does a demon durchin. That guy's awesome. That guy's awesome. And really great artist from New York. Um, my Twitter's underscore Chris Garcia. All the Chris Garcias are taken. Uh, Chris Garcia has one follower on Twitter. But, and I think he has one tweet. Okay. Um, Which so. is underscore Chris Garcia. So loser. <laughs> never, you're never going to get this. It's this one tweet is way funnier than anything I've ever done. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, um, and then we're restarting the business. Yeah. Really? I, I may come down for it. I'm yeah. For the launch. Uh, Very nice. SF show that's going to turn five years old this week. Congratulations. At, um, thank you. I've done both versions. I've done the San Francisco and the Los Angeles. So, well, you haven't, at the Dark but, Theater. But you haven't done all because now, now the business is, I believe, the first alternative comedy show to be to spread into three cities. Wow. Because we also have the business of New York running. Congrats, man. Uh, so, very exciting. We'll have to get out there. Right yeah. Give them the business. Yeah. It's going to be every Monday starting June 2nd at Little Joy in Echo Park. Love Little Joy. Oh. That's a fun theater. Yeah, they do. Um, what is that? Uh, the Little. Thursday show. Thursday, Christian Duguay and Mike that's Burns right. and Jim Hamilton. Is that just a Little Joy show? Yeah, that's a Little that's, Joy that's show. That's what they call it? Yeah, that's Thursdays at 9. And ours is going to be Mondays, 8 or 9. Cool. Yeah, that's a fun hang. Yeah. Thanks. Congrats. Uh, NatoGreen.com. I have a podcast called The NATO Sessions. It is produced by the Jewish Community Center of San Francisco. That's great. But it is not a particularly Jewish podcast. Good, because I'm thinking about reaching out to them to sponsor. Yeah. But it's like me it's just getting to have heady, bookish conversations with Sure. So, like. Yeah, I did a roundtable on gentrification, and I interviewed a gender queer feminist porn star, and wow. uh, some well, novelists. You, and, I mean this in the best way, you are a heavy intellectual. That's how I see you, so if you have a podcast that you discuss that stuff, that's the big idea. That was the idea, because I feel like... I feel like I'm sort of more comfortable being a being like a heady, wonky, bookie, intellectual type of person than a lot of comedians, and more funny and irreverent than a lot of like those you know stale public radio people or that kind of thing. And like, I just want to be able to be myself in a some format. That's right. The podcast has let me do it. I think it's a lot easier to do that stuff too when you're just like like whatever whatever version I'm going to put out there. If it's as close to me as it can be. Then you can kind of like relax because you're not like trying to really like, sell some image. You're just like you know, like I think about Russell Brand. If he's not that like that rock and roll, like it, it must be like so tiring to close the door behind you, like oh, yeah, yeah, you know. Right. Well, and it's God. also like it's, it's like how do you grow up with that act? You know, I mean, mm. you, then you, then you're the sixty year old expat Amen. being like, let's party, everybody. Right. Aren't you tired of partying? You're gonna break a hip. You know. Right. Anyway. Well, cool. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for hanging awesome. out, guys. That was fun. Thank you. 
Okay, that was it. That was episode 23 of the Grabbing Lunch Podcast. Big thank you to Chris Garcia and Nato Green for hanging out. Find them online. Uh, support them. It takes a village, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to give us a follow on SoundCloud. Find us on iTunes. Add us to your playlist on Stitcher Radio. Or you can just find everything at grabbinglunch.com. Or find me at mattknutson.com. M-E-T-T-K-N-U-D-S-E-N.com. Or on Twitter at Matt Knutson. Get details of my upcoming album release, American on April 29th, 2014. Okay, that is it, guys. Thanks again, and uh, we will catch you next Wednesday. 